Welcome to I'm Trying to Figure It Out. I am Ali Petiti. I know we need to clarify this right now because we're going to get there at some point where all of you are going to be wondering how the F to pronounce my last name. It is spelt Petiti. It is not Petiti. It is not Petiti. It is not Petits. Petites. It is Petiti. You all know this now. We've put that out of the way. That is my name. I am beyond excited to share this project with you guys. I have been thinking about this for probably six months. I have been in therapy since I was seven years old, and I feel like part of what comes with what I have to share is my tone, my voice, and the weird ways I can laugh about some really dark and scary things. So that's kind of what I want to do with you guys. I want to talk about all the craziness of my life, all the messes I've made, all the horrible things I've done and bad things that have been done to me. And I just want to talk about it and how I live every day with these crazy situations and see if we can go through it together because I feel like I'm definitely not the only person who's experienced these things. And I don't feel alone and I don't want anyone else to feel alone. So that is kind of the vibe of this podcast. We're going to talk about divorce. We're going to talk about anxiety. We're going to talk about depression. We're going to talk about toxic friendships, toxic relationships. We're also going to talk about some really funny stories, some really amazing things that have happened to me. I am so fortunate. I live in Los Angeles. I love it here. It's my, it's the best city in the world to me. I grew up with an amazing family. I'm going to tell you all about them. You're going to get to meet them. You're going to get to know them. I'm going to tell you about my college experience. I went to USC. I had the time of my life. I also worked all four years that I was in college at a record label. I work currently at a record label, and I have been fortunate enough to also work directly with music artists. Since I was a kid, my dad always took me to concerts. Like That was a big thing that we did together. My dad took me to see Miley Cyrus. I was obsessed with her, but when we got to the concert, her brother's band, Metro Station, was opening for her. The opener is usually something that people just don't really care that much about. I literally went home and I was like, Dad, you have to take me back to the second show tomorrow. I have to see Metro Station again. That was a really big thing that made me notice how much I liked music. I love music more than anything in the world and that's going to be a huge part of this podcast too i'm going to tell you all about bowie he is my service dog he is amazing he helps me with my panic disorder so that's a big thing i'm going to tell you all about my friends we're going to talk about being a girl in la in her early 20s so i want to start by giving you guys some background on myself i am from new york And then I moved to California. Since I was young, every single person in my life told me I was extra. I knew that I needed to live in any other place that wasn't New York. I feel like New York is so, you you don't go against the grain there. I mean, there's so much creativity and so many amazing things about the city. But I mean, living in Westchester, like it just wasn't for me. So I'm just going to start telling you guys about the early days of my life when my parents got divorced and around that time. I'm going to talk about how it felt then, how it was probably when I was in high school around that time, and how I feel about it now. 
my parents got divorced when I was six years old. My grandma, the way she would describe it, and I think she has a really good way of putting it, is literally just one day everything changed. I don't remember my parents ever fighting. They got divorced when I was six. My mom moved to one house. My dad moved to another. And I don't remember ever being sat down to be told that they were getting divorced. I never had that like aha moment of like this is what's happening it kind of just happened and I think that's part of where anxiety came in when you're that young and there's such a massive change to your life and you don't understand it it's scary and you don't process it for what it is so then other things make you nervous other things are triggers for the bigger thing that you don't fully understand so I went through a phase where I was in third grade and I just didn't want to stay at my dad's house. I had complete separation anxiety from my mom, which was weird because 99% of the nights that I was at her house, she would leave me at home with a babysitter to go to dinner and I would get so upset. Like I would literally be like holding on to her feet while she'd be like trying to walk out the door and just hysterically crying, begging her not to go to dinner. Like I couldn't understand her being gone. And then there was a six-month period where I just didn't stay with my dad. I was in therapy twice a week, everyone trying to convince me to go stay with my dad. It's crazy because it was so many years after the divorce. I don't think it hit me until I got older and could understand things more. I felt like I couldn't be with just my dad. I needed a motherly figure. So my grandma ended up like fully moving in so that I felt more comfortable when I stayed at my dad's so after that six month period it just slowly started to get better and then my mom actually got remarried when I was in fourth grade and I think that was a big part of my separation anxiety from her because I kind of felt like I was afraid that she was gonna just like up and move on with her life I am actually still so close with her husband ex-husband we'll get to the second divorce soon I'm so close with him. I have so many vivid memories of it feeling like a family dynamic when he was around because, you know, we did have dinners, me, him, and my mom, and my sister, and his kids. We went on spring break trips together. He used to help me with my homework. We'd watch movies together, and it felt like that missing piece. That was probably the closest thing I had to, like, a normal family dynamic, and then my mom and him unfortunately got a divorce when I was in eighth grade and that's when things like really started to shift for me like honestly I could argue that that divorce affected me in the moment so much more than my parents divorce my parents divorce was like a long-term trauma whereas this was like in the moment actually really sad for me and really hard my mom was going through a lot she was not dealing with it well she was drinking so much to a point where it was not okay that relationship was a perfect example of my codependency I feel like codependency can be used in a lot of ways to me codependency is like I need to take care of someone else I don't feel like I'm doing the right like in a relationship or with friends like I have to be the caretaker and that's like my way of depending on someone else is by taking care of them and feeling like they 
I almost want to make them like stuck with me because I do so much to take care of them. I just wanted to take care of my mom. I wanted to help her. I wanted to not leave her. I wanted to make sure she was okay. And that was just so not my responsibility, but I couldn't get away from it until someone literally like picked me up and dragged me and was like, you just can't go here anymore. I was failing school. I was crying all day at school. My teachers actually sat me down and they were like, you need to make a change like you are not okay and so I ended up moving out and I did not hear from my mom for probably eight months there was a period of time where she was just so intensely dealing with this divorce and she was just so not present and like not capable of being involved in my life And it was during that eight months where the person who I literally couldn't be away from, I was away from, and I started doing well in school. And I was really good at field hockey. I, like, joined community council and was so involved in the community at my school. Just really took on so many activities for myself. But she didn't call me once. We're still not close now. Like, I still resent her for it. I'm the type of person where... I don't cut people off like even if they're treating me so horribly I will not cut you out of my life but once I do and once that line is crossed that I remove myself or somehow get out of the situation I'll never talk to you again or I'll never be myself around you again I obviously talk to my mom we're working on things we try all the time but I'm not myself around her like she knows it I know it It all came from that time period where I just couldn't be around her. I couldn't see her. And then she didn't even reach out. Once the divorce was over, she started reaching out more. She had more time. Her head just still wasn't on right once the divorce was over. So even though she was ready to start reaching out, I said to her, I was like, I'm not ready. And so what we would do is after that eight month period, she would be like, let's do something on Sundays. Like we could get our nails done. We could just go to the city, like something casual. And I just vividly remember every Sunday after I went out with my mom, wherever we went, I would go home. My dad would be sitting on the couch. I would literally walk straight over to him, put my head in his lap and start crying. It was like every Sunday. My dad knew like the minute I walked in, he was like, all right, come here. And I think it was just because I felt so sad because she just felt so different and was so different. And I didn't know how to like restart this relationship you know I just I still don't I still have such a hard time and I feel bad because she's apologized so many times I forgive her I'm not mad at her it's like a switch is just off and I cannot turn it on and I don't know why like I'm really still trying to figure that one out because I have no idea how to be myself those four years of high school where I lived with just my dad like I became the person I am now And we got so close. Every Saturday we went into the city and we got lunch and we'd go shopping and we'd get cupcakes at Georgetown Cupcakes and we'd drive home listening to the Smiths and listening to Bollywood music because my dad and I have this like obsession with Bollywood films. And we just bonded so much to the point where my dad just literally became my best friend. Like he saved me in that time and like he's just a hero to me. Him and my grandma together, it was the two of them that just changed my whole life like I don't know what I would do without either of them my dad is so involved in my life to a point where I think he like wishes he wasn't before he had like a serious girlfriend 
I would literally FaceTime him like from the club in the middle of the night and like there's a three hour time change so when it's like 11 here it's like two in the morning or I'm bad at math but it's late there and I would FaceTime him and just be like at the club and he'd be like I just don't even know what you want me to say like for some reason anytime something's happening or something fun is going on the person I want to call is my dad I was driving and listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers this is why my life is a movie by the way I'm listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers I'm listening to Scar Tissue great song and I look out my window and I swear on my life I can't make this up Anthony Kiedis the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers is running down Wilshire and just runs past my car while I'm listening to Scar Tissue. And this isn't the first time this has happened to me. This happened to me three years ago with Sway Lee. I was listening to the song Swing by Ray Shremmerd, which was a favorite at the time. I'm driving in downtown LA and I'm listening to Swing and he walks in front of my car, jaywalking across the street. I'm like, there's just no way. So I obviously roll down the windows and just start blasting it because what else would, would I do to get his attention? And then he, I literally pulled over and chopped it up with him for like 20 minutes and we just talked. And then I went to his concert two nights later. Obviously, the first thing I have to do is call my dad. I got to tell him what just happened. And yeah, that's pretty much what always happens to me. Life is crazy. Also, really believe in manifestation. I have been going through a nirvana phase i've been listening to it so much something in the way is probably one of the greatest songs ever made and i've been listening to it so much to a point where i actually was with a friend a couple weeks ago and i was saying to her like i can't stop listening to this song and she said to me she was like what movie has this song been in and i was like honestly i don't think it's been in a lot of movies so i looked it up and it's actually only been in four movies total really random ones that i've never seen and she's never seen and at this time, Batman didn't come out. Like, Batman was not out yet. Two days later, me and a few friends go to see Batman, and something in the way is the theme of Batman. I just think that's so weird. Like, I had been thinking of that song for so long. It was in my head. I had just talked about what movies it was in. And then the minute the movie starts, there's, like, an iconic scene of Robert Pattinson driving on a motorcycle do you say driving when you're on a motorcycle I don't know driving on a motorcycle and something in the way is playing and it's just such a vibe and the streams of that song since that movie came out are up 734 percent what like that's insane the way it fit was so perfect that people who would probably never in their lives listen to Nirvana or who are like the least musically involved people like listen to Hamilton and they're like this is everything actually can I say I like Hamilton but I think a no one wants to admit that no one understands what is going on I'm sorry if you don't know the soundtrack before you see Hamilton you are sitting there and it is complete and utter chaos what are they talking about? What are they saying? They're going so fast. If you're not in good seats and you're not perfectly aligned with the speakers, you're not hearing shit. My dad left at intermission, which was expected. My grandma is sitting there straight faced and you can just tell that it was like lights on, no one home. She was completely and utterly confused. She was just like, and my aunts who have seen it like 20 times, like they're like the chuggy people that are like, we love 
Hamilton, like they go once a year, like it's a big thing for them. They were like crying and like getting so into it. Like these people are insane. I like the music, don't get me wrong. But you have to know the music before you see it. Otherwise, you're not going to know what's going on and you're not going to cry because you're not going to feel emotionally connected to anything going on. So we touched a lot on the fact that when I was younger, a lot of things just kind of changed out of nowhere. I don't remember my parents ever fighting. The only thing I know is Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, you're with your dad. And Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, you're with your mom. That was always how it was. That's all I know. First and foremost, I just want to say everyone handles divorce differently. I never viewed myself as someone that was affected by my parents' divorce until more recently. I realized how much trauma I have from it. I wish I had experiences with parents that were together, you know, like you go to your friends' houses and you see them with parents who are together and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, they all have to sit at the table at the same time for dinner, whereas I'm eating dinner on the couch or at my mom's house. It's a free for all. We ordered in every night. We literally had a one of those like takeout drawers like you'd open it and it's like, which Chinese restaurant are we going to get tonight? At my mom's, that was the dynamic. At my dad's, takeout was not allowed. My grandma cooked every single night. If you brought, if you ate food after school, she'd get mad. Like she would actually be mad at you for eating before dinner. And dinner was always at 530. It was never late. At my mom's, dinner was at 930. Whenever you wanted it, you could go downstairs and get a snack whenever you felt like it. Like my dad's was rigid. You're getting your bath at 7, you're eating dinner at 5.30, your homework is done by 8, and you get one hour of TV, and then you go to bed. Strict. And then my mom's is like, you can have sleepovers on school nights. You can be on your computer all night. Like, you can do whatever you want. And that's such a crazy dynamic to have. So I personally am glad that my parents got divorced when they did. I don't think that they were supposed to be together. I'm fine with it. But I will say, like, I never associated the divorce as something that affected me because I didn't understand the difference. Like, I only know life with divorced parents. I don't know a difference. But what's really interesting is now as a 24-year-old, I see how much anxiety I have. I see so many things about my personality. Like, I'm super codependent. I need to take care of people. I need to please people. I think the codependency aspect started a little later I think it was anxiety instantly. I was afraid of everything. If there was a dark cloud in the sky, we were in the basement. I was like, everyone get to the basement. There's going to be a tornado. And everyone in my family is like, you're insane. Like, are you like, are you kidding? And I'm like, no, we're all going to the basement right now. Like, I was always afraid of everything. I was afraid of cars. I was afraid of planes. Still am. I had a fear of throwing up. I would actually say to my grandma, can you promise I'm not going to throw up today? And she'd be like, what? Like, I can't promise you that. That's such a weird thing to ask. But if she said you're not going to throw up, I felt better. I have so many tendencies that I never thought came from that experience. But I can swear by the fact now that every single aspect of who I am now stemmed from that very first traumatic experience that I went through that I didn't even know was traumatic at the time the thing that sucks most about it now is I don't have the best point of reference of like what a good family dynamic is and I wish I did because I think that's a scary thing like for me if I ever get married 
you know, it's nerve wracking. I don't want to make those same mistakes. I don't want to repeat the past. I'm getting to an age where it's not that crazy to think about that because I'm 24. You know, five years from now, I could be married and I don't have the best reference point on that. So I think that's one big thing that I still carry with me now. And then another thing that I would say really affects me now is just dreading any family event is the worst feeling like you know you should be excited for your wedding but for me I'm like where does my mom sit where's my dad sit and who's gonna walk me down the aisle like how are they gonna feel about that you know I graduated during COVID I literally went home for spring break and never went back to USC I was always so nervous about how I was gonna navigate like doing all my graduation events like will I have a party? Will I have a big family dinner? Like that just feels so awkward to me to the point where I honestly didn't even want to do anything. And I didn't even want my family to come to my graduation. Those are things I think about all the time. So if you were going through this and you came to me and you said, what the fuck do I do? My graduation is coming up. My family's going to be together and my parents hate each other. I'm going to be in the middle. I'm going to feel like I have to be on both sides. I'm going to just be like a ping pong ball back and forth. The first piece of advice I would give you is don't let yourself be in that situation. Don't let your parents put you in the middle. It's their problem. It's their choices. They can navigate it themselves. That's like a huge lesson I've learned. But you have to remove yourself and set boundaries. It's so important to set boundaries when your parents are divorced and might put you in those situations where it's just super uncomfortable like if you set a boundary from the start it will stay there and your parents will get the message it's on them to communicate if they need to ask each other something they can't ask through you it's not it's not fair my advice to you if that was your reality and you just don't know how to handle your parents being in the same room set boundaries don't make yourself feel like you have to make it comfortable like it's not your job. It's it's not going to be comfortable. You kind of have to accept that and it sucks, but just power through it, set the boundary and carry on with the dinner as if you were at dinner with your friends. It's not your responsibility to clear the air or make it not uncomfortable. Like that's just not your job. Okay. We are going to do the very first segment of Alpes 3, which is going to happen in every single episode. I'm going to tell you guys three songs that either pertain to whatever the theme of the episode is or whatever time of my life I'm talking about. And it's basically just going to be three songs that I think fit with that vibe or might have helped me through that time or might have been just what I was jamming to at that time. I'm going to be making a playlist on Spotify. It's going to be called LP's 3. Each week after the episode, I'm going to add the three songs so you guys have access to them. And if you want to follow it, you can. So today we are going to talk about this one Ally and AJ song that I don't think many people know. And I think this is like very classic me. Like I don't listen to like the potential breakup song. I'm like finding the creepy one song on the album that no one knows, but it's called Division. I remember when I was younger around when I was like 10, 11, I literally jammed that song on my little iPod, like the old one. It was blue. It was super cute. 
And I just remembered that song specifically was like the perfect song for my mood, my vibe. You know, when you're like in a car and you're looking out the window and you're like, I'm in a movie right now. And you're just imagining yourself like as the main character in a, in a sad ass movie. That was me with that song. I just loved it. It was so good. I think you guys have to check this one out because it's super somber and pretty. I love the storyline and it's just one of those songs that just makes you feel better. I personally think sad music makes me happier. I don't think other people would agree with that. Some people are like turn the shit off and play something that's not depressing. But for me, I'm like listening to sad music, even when you're not sad or if you are sad, whatever it is, it just makes me feel good. I don't know. It's like relatable. It's chill. It's relaxing. That song isn't the first one I'm going to suggest. The second song I'm going to do is a song I'm listening to a lot now, but I think the vibe of it could fit for the time of my life that we talked about today, which is when my parents first got divorced. And I would say that song is Dumb by Nirvana. That song is so good. Kurt Cobain is so sexy and his voice is fire. Something about Nirvana is so interesting. You know, they're a rock band, but some of their songs just so acoustic and like chill and slow and like not intense but it's still rock it's really unique and cool so I would say that song third song it's got to be Metro Station because we talked about it it's called Now That We're Done by Metro Station no one knows this song it is so good there was this time where me and my friend referred to ourselves as like the Metro Station Club I definitely was listening to Now That We're Done a shit ton when I was between 10 to 15. So those are the three songs for today. It's Al P's Three. I am going to announce that my first ever guest on the podcast is going to be my good friend Jordan Jones. She is also a podcaster. She is an influencer. She's a dancer. She does a whole bunch of things. She's super amazing and she is going to be on the next episode and I cannot wait for you guys to get to know her. Thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of I'm Trying to Figure It Out. I cannot wait to go on this journey and just keep chatting about life and good things and bad things and happy things and sad things. Like I just can't wait to share everything with you guys and I hope you guys just continue to tune in. 